Welcome to the Liberal Europe Podcast, European Liberal Forum Project. I'm your host, Ricardo Silvestre. And today we have a special episode. Think of it as a public service announcement. I'll be talking with Tommy Hodenen, the executive director of the Wilfred Martin Center for European Studies, the official think tank and political foundation of the European People Party at the European Parliament, and our Daniel Kadek, the executive director of ELF. And we will be talking about the regulation 1141-2014, which relates to the status and the funding of European political parties and foundations. This regulation will be revised this year and the Commission will publish a proposal for a new revision in the third quarter of 2021. This is particularly important for political foundations and for the one that this podcast belongs to, the European Liberal Forum, because there's a couple of things that need to be changed and Tommy and Daniel will go into it. Still, after our conversation, I'll be back to tell you about some of the main points that you can make a difference by participating in this public consultation and by giving your opinion on a couple of things that will make life easier for political foundations as they do their very important work of political education and activism. But before that, and with no further ado, I bring you Tommy Huttonen and Daniel Kadek. I'm here with Tommy Huntman and Daniel Kadek. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Thank you very much for having us, Ricardo. Thank you, Ricardo. Pleasure to be here. And we'll start with you, Tommy. Please introduce yourself to our audience and particularly the reason why we have you here today in this very important conversation. I'm Tommy Huhtanen. I'm executive director of the Wilfred Martin Center for European uh, European Studies, which is the uh, political foundation and think tank of the European People's Party. European People's Party is the largest uh, political family in, in Europe. Uh, it, it gathers more than 75 member parties and it has a think tank, a political foundation, and, and that, that's that I'm, I'm leading, leading that. I'm originally, as you can maybe recognize from my name uh, and my from my accent, I'm from uh, from Finland. But last 20 years, I have been living in uh, living in uh, Brussels, and I have uh, led the the foundation from its very very beginning. I guess the reason why we are discussing now is is that uh, during the whole process of the existence of the European political foundations, which the story starts from 2007. There has been always the legal framework uh, guiding it, and and there has been regularly uh, in the renewal and discussion to make it better, and also to reflect better what is uh, the European societies, the European Union expecting from political foundation, and and now again that. Uh, Revision is taking place as we speak. There's a discussion in the European Parliament about uh, about that, and uh, and uh, and that's uh, we are closely cooperating with also with other European political foundations and parties, also with the Liberal Forum, trying to trying to make this uh, better. So it it, it uh, the taxpayers' money which is invested. To these foundations could keep a better result, and we would be able to strengthen the European um, democracy and uh, vitalize vitalize the debate in these quite uh, changing times of, in Europe. Daniel, do you want to add something here? 
Well, just of course, um, as you know, I'm the director of the European Liberal Forum, the foundation of the European Liberals, the Alder Party, the third largest political force in Europe, hopefully soon to be second and maybe sometime in the future also surpassing <laughs> EPP. I think there is a healthy competition yeah. there. But there's not only healthy competition, there's also something um, that JFK back in the day called collaborative competition. And there's an, indeed something that is very important for, for the current context. Tommy and I, just as our friends at the uh, at FEPS or the Green European Foundation, are working in a similar direction from different angles. We are all working to make Europe more democratic, make Europe more understandable and also making Europe future-proof. Um, we from a liberal perspective, Martin Center from a more conservative perspective. But there is a very clear underlying understanding of democracy and democratic processes. And that is really the core of why we have the European Political Foundation. We underpin the work of the European political parties by gathering knowledge, by bringing people together, by finding new policy solutions for European problems, for European challenges. And as Tommy has mentioned, for that indeed we have the European regulatory framework that is very technically called the Regulation 1141-2014. Um, this is now indeed being under revision. We tried to make it better to also make it clearer and also make our work better in the end of the day. Because as I mentioned before, we try to find solutions for European challenges. But for that, also to stress it again, what Tommy said, we need a clear regulatory framework to be clear that we also put taxpayer money to good use. Tommy, I'll throw it to you now because as Daniel said, there's this revision going on right now and this is one of the reasons that we have this podcast to make our listeners aware of this opportunity to have their opinion heard. But let's stay with the actual state of regulations and Daniel already mentioned a couple of his concerns. Do you want to go a little bit into that? So from your side, what are the things that you do agree that they need to be changed the ones that are making things even more confusing and complicated. Well, Ricardo, as Daniel mentioned, it is uh, quite techni technical. I think the challenge on this whole debate is that, uh, as, as later we will speak about the public hearing, which is related to this process, is that you have the political level, where we speak about uh, democracy, parties, uh, debate, new ideas, etc., etc., and that strongly relates what the foundations are for. But then, then you have a technical uh, level, operative level, which sometimes it's very, very detailed and very uh, de sometimes even difficult to to understand and maybe less interesting for so maybe for our listeners or your listeners. So I try to uh, I try to then outline the maybe the main two three main issues what we we, we find find for. First of all, I think the. Uh, uh, the regulation is quite, which governs us, the European political foundations, is quite broad and general sometimes. And it has been good in certain times, giving a certain flexi positive flexibility to, because, you know, politics is not about numbers, it's about dis uh, the, the discussions and, and the lines are not always, uh, uh, not always clear. 
Uh, however, I think uh, together with this new revision, I think the essential is to clarify the role of the European political foundations, as Daniel was already referring. I think it's crucial that European political foundations, or we think actually, we all foundations think that the foundations need to be able to really have a full impact on European uh, political life. Of course, the European political parties are the ones which are in the front line doing campaigning and uh, and so forth. But the foundations are contributing to debate, but moreover, they're contributing to the livelihood of their political families. And that means en engaging mm -hmm. of uh, with, uh, with the po uh, politicians, uh, with the different party sta uh, staffers, and uh, all people who are considering to become active in politics. And currently, and this is the first challenge what we are dealing, is that, uh, that there has some discussion where the limits are. Uh, you know, uh, there is a currently a, a, a prohibited, or it's prohibited to for, for European political foundations to campaign, which is totally natural, we understand. But the question is with what are the limits? And so, so sometimes, the, the interpretation has been so extreme that it, in our view, has prevented us to do our basic activities, meaning to have uh, politicians in our training, meaning have uh, have before elections uh, debates, which uh, uh, even if we would not deal with about the issues related to elections, but issues related to European political uh, political life uh, and, and development, which have been uh, we have been prevented to do those activities. So it needs to be very clear that we need to be in the center of uh, political life. Of course, not doing campaigning, that's for the parties, national parties, and to some extent now for the European political foundations. But we need to be close to the, the, both the European political parties, but also national uh, political parties, able to contribute, to help, to support, and uh, as a platform for, for debate. Uh, that's that's one aspect. The second aspect is is that uh, as the regulation says, the one uh, one uh, one important dimension is that uh, Europe is not only about the Europe, uh, European Union. In fact, and nor it is about for European Union itself. E European Union has important role in pr promoting democracy. Not only not only it's a it's a neighborhood, but also uh, more far away. And currently, the, the current rule, rules pre, uh, limit uh, the, also the political parties, but the foundations very much within the European U uh, Union. But uh, let's not forget that the uh, European Union aims to have a global role, aims to have a global impact, and, uh, and you know, European political foundations are very important on that. And that means in practice that we need to be able to have a members outside of the European Union. We need to have activities outside of the European Union. This is, a, you know, now, for example, just to give an example, UK is outside of the European Union. So now our cooperation with the UK think tanks and act, political actors is much more difficult. So this needs to be taken into account in the in the new uh, new regulation. And third, I would mention, there's many issues, but third, which I would like to mention, and, and then I pass, to, pass back to you, Ricardo, is that currently also, the, uh, this, uh, this is a little bit technical, but when we have challenges uh, about the interpretation of our regulation, uh, there is no real, pla uh, the, the European Parliament administration makes a, uh, uh, opinion or judgment and etc etc and there is no real platform for discuss 
about you know what is exactly uh, is the interpretation of the parliament uh, right and 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 what is the most useful for not only for uh, for for foundations but definitely for for European citizens and European people and so so then currently if we political foundations have a challenge as it comes to regulation the only place we can uh, to complain is, is the court and of course we don't want that we don't want to to have a, such a conflictual approach so we need to have a different tools to discuss how to interpret these sometimes quite uh, uh, tricky regulations. Indeed, technical, but very important, this part with the right to appeal. Daniel, I'll throw it to you because I remember the incredulity of all of us when you explained that working with, for example, political active young people, and then later on this could be a problem because this person will run for some kind of position and that can turn against the foundation. So tell us again a little bit how you know complicated these things can get very easily. Yeah, I mean, Tommy is, is always perfectly describing indeed what, what the real situation is. So it, it leaves me with a very easy task to just highlight a couple of points that he, he mentioned. So one thing that is very clear is that the regulation that we have right now is extremely broad and it gives extreme room of interpretation that can be justified from, ever sta from whichever stance you're coming from. The uh, uh, regulating authorities or the authority clearly has some valid points, but also I think um, we as European political foundations have some valid points that we both can justify with the text of the regulation. And there we have a problem. There is so much room for debate and interpretation that it becomes impractical. And we need legal clarity, we need legal certainty with an update of the regulation. And if we want to be serious about the European Union, if we are serious about building a European demos, building a European political future, an ever closer union, we also have to talk about the role of the European political parties and especially of the European political foundation, which should be bringing together the will of the people and trying to educate people. And indeed, as Tommy said, how can we operate in a world where we are not really allowed to work with politicians or future politicians um, and, and train them and make them real Europeans with an understanding for European politics. So if we want to equip the next generation, Ricardo goes in the direction that you just mentioned, if we want to equip the next generation, especially of youth politicians that will run the European Union an efficient and effective European Union in 5, 10, 15 years' time, we need to invest. And that is something where we see also European political uh, foundations involved as an investment in the European demos. Um, the second thing is, and that's again highlighting what, what Tommy mentioned, we need to extend the realm of democracy. If we are taking European integration seriously, we also need to be working in candidate countries. We need to be talking to the political actors, equip them with the tools to run efficient and effective democracies, bringing them on the path of a future-proof European Union. Because if we do not do, there are other forces that are there who are trying to pull it in a different direction. So what we do in the end of the day, we work 
on the principles of an ever closer union, but not only an ever closer union in the boundaries that we have them uh, at the moment, but we're also looking at the future of the European Union because we believe in the European project and we think that the European demos is an integral part, a precondition for having an ever closer union, for having a resilient European Union that is also um, shockproof and shocks. I think we have seen enough in the future and we need respective answers for those. Tommy, uh, throw it back to you again. Uh, when you think about the work at the Wilfred Martin Center for European Studies. Yes. And now what Daniel was mentioning and this public consultation that we're going on right now, what do you think then would be, and all the clarifications needed that uh, Daniel just told us, what do you think will be the best case scenario then for political foundations as we move forward and we have these new regulations in place? Position clarified and, and recognized that, that we are integral part of the European political process. And we need we are separate entities from the political European political parties and national parties, but we are very, very close to them. And so that's that that's a, essential. What does it mean in practice? Indeed, that that we are able to without without any conflict to have a politicians in our in our platforms to have uh, young people who want to integrate in politics. In fact, you know, European political foundations are already to their members actively and in contact with young politicians, young young promises uh, for for the European political life, and and we should be there, and we should not shy away from the fact that those individuals naturally in the future years will be in the political life and will be will be uh, candidates. So we need to be able to really engage with the politics because that's what makes us uh, uh, different. That's what makes political European political foundations difficult, uh, dif uh, different from the, the, uh, from think tanks and from uh, different national actors that we are close to the party. So that position needs to be needs to be clarified. And again, uh, secondly, to 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 have a clarity on 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 our work uh, beyond the borders of the European Union, we are, need to be able to to very freely cooperate with the, with the actors, which are very important uh, for the European Union. Again, I come back to two examples: United Kingdom. Now, what we are seeing is that the institutional relations obviously uh, don't exist anymore. Before there was a network of, of, of uh, connections between institutions and ministries and uh, between UK and different uh, and Brussels. But uh, now those connections do not exist anymore. And so what is happening now in this very crucial relation is that a lot of informal uh, relations have been built and which are trying to compensate for the loss what we have. Because the UK is very important and continues to be very important to the Euro European Union. And, and, and if we follow the public debate uh, in the UK, we see that this, uh, in a, a level of thematics, the, 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 the discussion is, is not, doesn't seem very positive. So very, it's important that actors like us, which have, are, are not institutions, are more free, uh, but at the same time have this uh, uh, knowledge and the institutional backing, are able to operate countries, uh, for example, in UK, or let's say United States also. Current, with the current, uh, we need to be in a situation where we are able to uh, co 
build connections, transatlantic relations, of course, not in the statement level, but with the congressmen, with the MEPs, etc., and bring our own people, our European politicians, to the United States to, to have the experience, to have the debates. And so we need to have that uh, possibility. And third, you know, just echoing what Daniel said, currently we are losing so much energy where well, we, we should be communicating to European citizens, to the uh, people speak about policies, people speak about the future. We are losing so much time with the administrative hassle and uh, and uh, and challenges. And so we need the clarification uh, clarification on on interpretation. So we know because it's no not problem for us to follow the rules and we should do it because it's tax, taxpayers money and it's a lot of responsibility. It's no problem for, for us to follow those rules, but we need to know what these rules are exactly and what they mean in, what they mean in practice. And so those three conclusions, I would say, which would, which would lead to the situation that we, we would be much more, much more uh, effective and much more better to fulfilling our mission, which us, uh, uh, has been given us more than 10 years ago. Daniel, I'll throw it to you, to you right now. There's a public consultation open, and I'm going to put on the show notes the link for people to access the platform, and they can also make this kind of lobbying, this kind of pressure, in this particular by the citizen, by the European. But you, as the executive director of ELF, how do you want then people, when they go to the platform, to help this kind of new future, new better future, as Tommy was saying, more clarification and less bureaucracy, less problems for working on the field, because that is what the foundations are trying to do, ultimately. So tell us what will be the best way for us to help in this process. Tommy, again, a lot of things, and we laid out, I think, pretty clearly what things have to change. We need to be able to reach out um, to citizens, to, to people who want to be politically active, because without those people, there is no active democracy in Europe. We need to be clear on the rules. We need to be clear about where we can work, and there needs to be an understanding why it's important to work in other places, because we can do things that parties and administration cannot do. We can reach out to citizens, we can reach out to actors in a way that parties and administration can't. We can give answers based on a very clear-cut value system that can resonate with people, but that goes beyond the, well, very technical things that the European Union is very often, or the European institutions are very often expanding, and the very clear party-oriented things that are designed to win elections that um, parties parties are doing. So we can help them find answers to European questions. And we are there to build the European political ecosystem with the active citizens and its core. We want to enable citizens to make their voices heard, to be active in the political process. But for that, we need to get people interested in Europe. We have to get them excited about active participation while explaining how things actually work. But again, for this, we need the clear-cut framework. And I see the future, indeed, of the European political foundations similar to what other um, countries actually have, like, um, for instance, in the Netherlands or in Germany, where the political foundations play a very, very vital role 
in underpinning the democratic tendencies in a society, in underpinning what the political parties are doing, but finding a way to reach out differently, but also lay the groundwork for people to be active in politics. Because sometimes administration doesn't understand, and it doesn't only take people to do the administration, to do the governing, but it also needs people to make the laws, to come up with different solutions, to be part of the process. If we want to have a real European democracy, we need European political foundation. I think this is what people need to understand. And this is where we need an update of the regulation with clearer rules. Well, one thing I think is really, really cool already is that we have Tommy here with us. So as a, a gesture of uh, from our side of Thank you so much for being with us and talking with us. I'm going to give you the last word, Tammy. So tell us a little bit then what is the future, not only, as we mentioned, this new regulation, whatever it comes, but also the working together of different political foundations from different political sectors of the European Parliament, but working on the same objectives. Thank you, Ricardo. I, I think, you know, if we speak about our work, I just uh, continue where, uh, where Daniel left. I think, to be honest, since the, from the beginning of the, when we've started with European political foundations, I think that there was no, we were focusing all our really launching ourselves, supporting our party, supporting our political movement and so forth. But what we are seeing that it's more and more necessary uh, I, I think uh, for political families, especially I would say the EPP and, and the Liberals to have a, you know, have a dialogue and discussions and etc. Because what we are looking, we see the rise of the populist parties, we see also that, the, you know, uh, our socialist friends uh, have, uh, have uh, you, you know, there's uh, many in internal challenges. So I think, uh, uh, think what we will see more in the future is, is this real debates, not only within the families, but also with, uh, with other actors. And, uh, and definitely we are going to go to that direction, meaning that uh, to have a, a different views, but also, you know, I think there's an opening for, for example, for the liberal, you know, for liberal uh, forum and Martin Center to to have a have a dialogue and also to support the cooperation of of our two two families, which play a very important role already in the in the European uh, European Parliament. For us, of course, it is. I, I think if we uh, and I try to keep it very short, but if we look the political families. Uh, within the European Union, all of them, all of them, so it, it, it is the EPP, so it's liberal, socialists, it is um, even populist, greens, all we are much more challenged than, uh, than the, uh, before. All we are much more in the competition. You win one election, but about the next day, uh, you, know, you don't know. And so I think that that plays very, and that, that's number one. Number two, I think every uh, movement, is living, there's a certain amount of searching the, the, the soul, so to say. If you look at the liberal family, that definitely is there. There's many dynamics, what has happened. If we speak about the EPP, well, that's for sure. You can just uh, can read, uh, read, the, uh, read the news. And I think that creates a situation where the European political foundations, like Liberal Forum, like Martin Center, have much more responsibility and much more possibility 
to to contribute really, really and find the uh, you know help the the movement to find the essence, help the movement to find what's the line, and help the movement to find what's the way for the future. And now, especially as we know that this conference of future of Europe is 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 coming, uh, is is being discussed, being formulated, etc., etc. For us in the market center, we recognize it's an important process, but what we see it's more it's a it's a more like a setting. Uh, setting for us, which gives us a possibility to to put our uh, in front of our ideas, what as it comes to the future of the European Union, and and you know what the federalists really mean, how to balance the the the, the very strong tenders what we see in the European. Union as it comes to nationalism and this, this you know, this uh, urge for more uh, centralization of power. But this is the two dynamics which is often dominating the debate, not only in Brussels but in the member states. And we are trying to find the uh, find the synthesis. So with the, you know, this is the in essence. Of course, I could speak hours about uh, my our work in the Malta Center, but as Ricardo mentioned, the time is limited. So I just want to thank you, Daniel, for inviting me. To this debate and Ricardo for you to having this uh, having this uh, uh, podcast and, and being such an excellent moderator and host. Oh, thank you so much for such kind words. I'm going to put on the show notes the link to the website of the Martin Center and also how to access the platform. Gentlemen, this was fantastic. I hope that we can continue this conversation and have Tommy back so that we can keep working in a collaborative fashion. But for now, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Thank you, Ricardo. Thank you, Ricardo. I'm back and as promised, I will give you now some of the key points in this public consultation to have better regulations for political foundations. Like I also mentioned during the conversation, I'm going to put on a show notes the link so that you can access the public consultation and leave your opinion there. But there are five points that I would like to bring up so that you know what is needed for political foundations to do their work and a better work. One is donations and other own resources. This regulation divides revenue in only two categories, contributions and donations. The definition of donations should be adapted to a third category of revenue called other own resources because political foundations have their own resources. Another one is donations from a third country. The regulation states that European political parties and European political foundations shall not accept donations for any private entity based in a third country. And this is, makes sense because of some limitations to avoid undue external influence in European democracy. The problem here in this regulation, this money transfers that are originating from this kind of countries are considered as a donation from a third country. This is too strict. These transfers should not be regarded as donations slash sponsorship from a third country as they do not reflect undue influence on European democracy. Then there's a question of indirect funding. The definition of indirect funding should be made more precise on a regulation or political active representatives should be included in Article 2 as a potential stakeholder of our activities. Then we go into different type of membership. The notion of member in the regulation does not include entities that only hold auxiliary or ancillary forms of affiliation. 
To ensure clarity in this, it is important that there is an explicit notion of auxiliary members including in this regulation. And finally, I'll leave you one a last one, and we talked during the conversation, it's a right to appeal. Under the current regulation, the only way of appealing is going to the Court of Justice of the European Union. Therefore, it is important that a system of appeal is introduced in the legislation that would ensure the parties and foundations can remedy unjust decisions by this regulation without having to take extreme financial risks. So after all this, I hope you have all the information needed to give a contribution and to help us then have a better regulation for the functioning of this kind of political organization that we do care about, like the European Liberal Forum, and for Tommy Huntman, of course, the Wilfred Martin Center for European Studies. And now for some of the events organized by ELF for this month of June. On the 24th of June, starting at 2 p.m. Central European Time, we have the Zoom webinar EU-US Future Relations. And we just had a podcast two episodes ago with the MEP Lise Schreimacher, where we got into this very important topic of the conversations between the European Union and the United States. And the questions range from, will we be able to help reduce trade barriers? Will the new TTC shift the focus to protection of critical technology and supply chain security? Will both sides of the Atlantic be able to collaborate better on issues such as transfer of technology, export controls, investment screening of IP rights? And then on the 25th of June, also online and also starting at 2 p.m., we have ACATON, a European industrial policy preparing the ground for innovation. The spread of COVID-19 not only led to a global public health emergency, but also to unprecedented shocks for the economy and employment in Europe and around the world. In response, European governments and the European Union have launched unprecedented financial support packages to mitigate these shocks. However, more action is needed for a long-term recovery and growth of Europe's economy. To know more about this event, you just have to go to our website, liberalforum.eu forward slash events. And this is all for now, but I'll be back soon with more podcasts. Until then, let's keep making the world a better place. The Liberal Europe podcast It's organized by the European Liberal Forum with the support of Movimento Liberal Social in Portugal. This podcast is co-founded by the European Parliament, and the European Parliament is not responsible for the contents of this podcast or any news that may be made of it. The views expressed on this podcast do not 